may have told this story before, but I only have so many stories. Um, I was a deacon my last year in seminary, and me and my friend Brian decided one day uh, during Christmas shopping season to go down to Michigan Avenue with a sign that said free blessings, because as deacons we couldn't do pretty much anything but give people blessings, and we wanted to do something. And so we made this sign out of like foam board and a, a stick and just stood there all day, basically from morning to evening. And it was kind of an amazing experience. We thought we were going to go like preach on the street corner and make disciples and have all sorts of religious conversions or something. You know, you have these fantasies in your head of what you're going to do when you go street evangelizing. But um, what ended up happening was something more like interior to myself and to Brian, um, which was that we were we had the experience of being ignored when we were trying to give something away. Like just we would be yelling, hey, do you want a free blessing? It only takes like 10 seconds. It'll warm you up. It was a freezing cold day. It was like three degrees in the morning. And so many people just walked right by us and said, no, thanks. We're already blessed. Like literally that quote I, I heard dozens of times. I'm already blessed. Thanks. Like it wasn't like they were against what we were doing. They just were busy with other things. And I was able to sympathize with them. It wasn't like I judged them. I, I could see myself in the crowd often walking by somebody like, oh, that's nice and quaint that they're doing that. Um, but me, I really felt like God had kind of called us to do this. I had gotten the idea while I was bored in class one day, and it just kind of seemed like a cool idea. But there I was just dying to give away God's blessing, to pray for people, just to call to mind the fact that God was in their midst, in the midst of all this busyness and, and everything. And I, I guess I kind of sympathized with God and his heart and how much he wants to love us, to give himself to us, to bless us. And we're busy about other things. We think that we don't have time for him. We think that other things are more important or that can wait. But God is the most important thing. Love is the only thing that really matters in the end. Um, and that's, that's his essence and, and what we are commanded to do, not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it's our nature as made in the image and likeness of God to receive that love and to share it. The day the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are coming together, these last few weeks we've kind of seen Jesus being probed and tested by the different religious authorities of his time. And the Sadducees had been silenced after they asked a question about the resurrection, um, and Jesus refuted them. And then the Pharisees come in with this question, uh, in which is the greatest commandment in the law? And they're trying to test him as well. And in the context of the, of the culture at the time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were two Warring, it was like Republicans and Democrats. They were the two parties that were vying for power, vying for people's attention and opinions. They hated each other. And here they're coming together. Why? Oh, because they're getting along now. They love each other. No, because they hate the same person. Now they have a common hatred of Jesus. They see him as a threat to both of their vying for power. Um, and so they have this kind of dysfunctional alliance, um, not out of a common love, which is what, what Jesus is calling them all to, including the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but also the tax collectors and the sinners, calling them to a new kingdom, a kingdom of love. They are worried about their power, and so they're, they're motivated by a kind of selfishness and hatred. And the irony is that that power that they're trying to hang on to, we know 70 years after Jesus, 
Judaism as they knew it was basically destroyed. 70 AD, the Romans come in and they destroy the temple. And so they're, they're hanging on to this power, but it's earthly. It doesn't last. It ultimately doesn't matter. What they see is like, oh, here's this new Jesus. Like, he thinks that he's got some new thing to do, but we're the ones who have been here before him and will be here long after him. They have that idea that the earthly city is the lasting city. And they don't realize that Jesus is coming in to invite them to something that actually matters, that relativizes everything else that they think is important. And they think they're too busy. They think there's more important things. They're like, no thanks, I'm already blessed. But we can see how stupid they are, that how, how ignorant they are to ignore what's in their midst. And what Jesus answers the question, what, are the, what is the greatest commandment? He says there's two. To love God above all things with your whole mind, your whole heart, your whole strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets can be summed up in these two commandments. In other words, they're, they're one commandment with, commandment with two aspects, two sides of the same coin. That the only way to love God is to love your neighbor. And the only way to authentically love your neighbor is to put God above all else. That true love of God always manifests, manifests itself in love of neighbor. And the only way that a society, a culture, a family can be built on any sort of solid foundation is not through scapegoating, blaming, common enemies and common hatreds. Those things of the earthly city are all passing away. In the end, we'll look back on them and we'll think, did we really argue about that? That's so stupid. But when we get to the, the kingdom of God and we realize that what God had wanted all along was to us, for us to live in friendship with him and with each other, we will realize that that's the only thing we're judged on. That's the only thing that's essential to life. That we are made for friendship. And that's the way it was in the beginning. Why he made Adam and Eve was to be friends with him and friends with one another. And their work and their eating and their, their relaxing and their you know, routine of their day, whatever was in that day, um, was not essential. It was all just to serve the ultimate purpose of friendship and communion, which is why the first commandment in time, not in priority, not in importance, but the first thing that God tells them to do is rest. Sabbath, be with each other, be with me. Put me first on the first day. That's the most important thing. And everything else you do in your day, it's good, it's important in its way. But the two greatest commandments, the only thing you'll be judged on in this life, is love God above all else with your whole mind and your whole strength and love your neighbor as yourself.